Okay, good afternoon. Welcome back to Parsha Perspectives for today. First of all, big thank you for your flexibility and accommodating the schedule. Baruch Hashem, thanks to Simcha's been traveling and rather than cancel the year altogether, been trying to adjust and I so appreciate your being here in person or online and online to, uh, to join us for it. I want to thank our generous series sponsors, our Parsha series sponsor for the year, Becky and Avi Katz and family in memory of David Grossman, Lila Nishmas, David Ben, Menachem Manish. Thank you so much for your generosity and sponsorship. Big thank you to Naomi Belazan who's sponsoring today in memory of Zisol Mander and Svi Belazan. Thank you so much. And by Miriam Nussbaum in memory of her mother, Lily Ham- Hamelberger, Kayla Basachaver Yitzchak, her 43rd Yurtzeit. By Avi Asman in memory of Yosef Leib Ben, Chal- ben Chlavna, whose Yurtzeit was on the 7th of Adar. And Mendy and Sipora Fishman in honor of Yosef Fishman, the son of Leib and Sarla Fishman, whose bris was yesterday, Mazeltov, Mazeltov. All the in memory of were greatly appreciative and meaningful, and the Neshama Shadav and Aliyah, and what a way to end it with a Baruch Hashem positive, with a Simcha, and a birth, a big, big Mazel Tov. We are at the end of our global campaign. You're almost done hearing from me. We're almost at the finish line. Big thank you to those who've generously contributed. If you've not yet contributed, and you're not a member, if you're a member of BRS, you're doing your part to support this year and so many others. If you're not a member yet, and you've not contributed yet, please, please, please be generous, be counted. As we learned about last week, the census of Kisisa, you're only counted when you contribute. You're not counted just because you exist. You need to contribute. We are not having behind the bima tonight. Tonight is the Shloshim of Esti Moskowitz. Allah Shalom. Rabbi Penner will be speaking. Uh, it'll be live here at 8.15 p.m. at BRS and streamed as well. Very meaningful evening. So behind the bima is tomorrow night and we're doing a very special global marathon behind the bima. So tomorrow night's guests live include Rabbi David Beshevkin, Alex Fletcher, Rabbi Daniel Kalish, Rabbi Arya Leibowitz, Lori Palatnik, members of the BRS staff, and others. All will be making appearances tomorrow night on a special live marathon global. You don't want to miss tomorrow night's Behind the Bima, but you have to give something in order to hear it. That's not true. You can hear it even if you didn't give something. It's not true. You can tune in even if you didn't give. You should just feel terribly guilty. You should not be capable of tuning in if you didn't contribute, is what I meant to say. Parsha Zavayaka, page 516, we got a lot to cover because it is a double Parsha, double whammy. Ech Shabbos Chazak. We're going to finish the second book of the Torah, the book of Shemos. And we've got a lot to share as always, including from Otzer Pelos Torah. I did take advantage yesterday because I went in for a simcha to try to buy the Otzer Pelos Torah on Vayikra. Z. Berman, Pesaic, was told, out of print. Baruch Hashem, last week after the Parsha class, one of our dear friends who attended is good friends with the author of Otzer Pelosa Torah and put him on the phone with me. So yesterday I scrambled and said, what am I going to do next week? I don't have the Otzer Pelosa Torah on Vayikra, it's out of print. And from what I understand, it's on its way to Boker Raton Synagogue. So Baruch Hashem, it's the least he can do for how much we've promoted the Sefer and the royalties that we are not asking for. I'm just joking. It's a great gift and we're grateful to him. Page 516, Moshe assembles, Moshe unites, Moshe calls all the Jewish people together in order to instruct them. And we've seen this opening so many times together, this notion of Vayakel, of Kihila, of Kahal, of what it means to be a community, of what it means to be a nation, of what it means to be people, a people. And what is the instruction Moshe says? What does Moshe take advantage of that moment? What does he do? He introduces or reintroduces, reinforces the notion of Shabbos. But before we get to that, we always like to not just review what we said in the past. You can go back and listen. But new ideas each year. So Rabbi Nachman, 
The Heligar B. Nachman says the following, How did he do it? Today we've got a phone tree, constant contact email, mass text message, WhatsApp. Today you've got, you can go around and drive with one of those speakers on the top of a van around Montoya Circle. How did Moshe do it? How did he get everybody to come together? What was the announcement? Certainly Moshe didn't go from tent to tent, from encampment to encampment. Moshe didn't use a megaphone to announce everywhere. No, everyone, Jewish people were gathering everyone together. They were told that Moshe was speaking and everyone gathered on their own. Like Rashi writes, Moshe did not actively go out and assemble them. They assembled on their own as a result of what? Of his voice, of his speaking. How did that work? Again, Rabbi Nachman didn't write this specifically. Rabbi Nachman didn't write on the parsha. This is a beautiful sefer, Shulchan HaShabbos, a collection of teachings by Rabbi Nachman applied to the parsha. When it comes to a tzaddik, a righteous person, a man or a woman, a tzaddik or a tzaddikus, their speech, their life, their lifestyle, who they are, it speaks so loudly it can be heard far and wide. There are people who stand and they scream and you could be two inches from their nose and you have no interest in listening, in hearing, in watching because nothing about who they are or how they live resonates with you. And there are people who speak so softly, but who they are and what their life says stretches so far and so wide. Moshe's persuasiveness, Moshe's resonance was not because of the volume of his voice, but because of who Moshe was and how compelling what he had to say. Rabbi Nachman writes in Likutei Mu'aran Chelek Al-Sam Yun Zayin, Sha'afilu ka'asher atzadik medaber diburo, diburei emuna bechedro, beino levein atzmo, heim po'olam apu'ulasim ba'olam. A tzadik who's isolated, a tzadik, not surprising Rabbi Nachman has this teaching, even the tzadik who's experiencing his podedus, they're by themselves and they're all alone, all alone, his podedus. On the way up yesterday, they announced on the loudspeaker on the plane, so sorry, but the entertainment system and the Wi-Fi aren't working. And you heard a collective, <gasps> like a gasp. What do you mean? I'm by, I'm by myself? What am I going to do? Nothing to watch? No connection? But I'm not prepared for that. I didn't bring anything for that. I, I don't know what to do with that. There was like a collective panic. You know, sometimes they have to announce, are there any doctors? Are there any mental health professionals on the plane who can help treat the people in panic? Maybe some of them giving the parashashir right now. Maybe related to the person giving the parashashir right now. So Rabbi Nachman teaches that the tzaddik, Moshe Rabbeinu, could be in a room by himself, speaking to himself, speaking to the Rebona Shalom. There's no microphone. There's no Wi-Fi, it's not being streamed, and yet it's heard around the world. Because the power and the potency of the words of the tzaddik, of who they are. It affects the cosmos, it moves the world. How? How? There are righteous men and women who aren't so articulate or eloquent, who don't speak so loudly, and yet who they are speaks such volumes. 
and has such an enormous transformational impact. And there are orators and charismatic personalities, and they speak so loudly and eloquently, but they're so hypocritical, they're so counterfeit and fraudulent, they're so empty that they have no impact. That they have no impact. Says Rabbi Nachman, how did Moshe assemble everyone? Because word got out that Moshe was speaking and people wanted to hear. People wanted to be there. People wanted to be there. Today, in our time, we can understand this more easily. Today, we can relate to this. We can identify with this. If 200 years ago, I said someone could be sitting by themselves in a room and people will hear them around the world, you'd say, huh? What are you talking about? Impossible. It's absurd. But today, whether it's radio, a couple weeks ago, it was Rabbi Taitz's yard site who introduced the Daf HaShavua on the radio, not knowing how many people were listening, but later when, I think it was the military, the government, FBI. the FBI was concerned what was being broadcast and, and evaluated or analyzed, and they found the tens of thousands more, 250,000 people were listening. It's just outrageous how much, he was sitting by himself in a room with a microphone, and no one knew, including him, if there was even one person listening. And, a quarter of a million people were being affected. Today, the, the ability that we have, for good and for bad, the bad is anyone with an internet connection takes a phone, points it at themselves, when they're done with carpool or wherever they are, starts pontificating about the whole world, becomes an influencer, has a following, who says what they're speaking is with any authority, with any knowledge. There's good and there's bad. There's a positive and negative, an upside and a downside to it. But that, says Rabbi Nachman, is the power of the righteous. The righteous who are speaking righteousness it can move over the radio waves, over the waves of spirituality. People all over can hear. And that's what Rashi was saying. The righteous speak and people listen. It was heard all over. He has more to say, but Rabbi Nachman's emphasizing how careful we have to be with our own words. Realize the power, the potency of our words. Even when we think we're alone, what we speak, what we say, it makes a difference in the world. It puts it out into the world. The world hears, the world listens, and the world is impacted by what we say. So what did Moshe say? What did he communicate? He gathered them. It was a kilo, it was a call, vayakel, vayakel. And what did he say? He said, Pasuk Beis, Six days work can be done. The seventh day shall be holy for you, a day of complete rest for you, for Hashem. Whoever does work will be put to death. You cannot start a fire in all of your dwelling places when? On the holy Shabbos. You cannot light a new fire. You cannot close a circuit whether that's binyu, whatever the malacha is. You cannot turn on a light. You cannot light a fire. You cannot do malacha on Shabbos. This is the only malacha that's spelled out. And why is it spelled out? Why is it spelled out? It's a machlokas tanoim. It's a complete machlokas. We're not going to get into the lumdas right now. This is the only malacha spelled out. The others we had to derive. Whatever was creative labor to build a mishkan was deemed the same creative labor that was forbidden on Shabbos. So we learn from Shabbos, the 39th, from Lachas Mishkan, from the building of the Mishkan, if it was creative enough to build a house, a place of dwelling for God, that's defined as creative labor that you should rest and refrain from on Shabbos. The exception that we were given was Havara, was the Malacha of kindling a fire. 
So the Karaites, I've shared this before, the Karaites understood this Pasuk quite literally. Not only can you not ignite or light a fire on Shabbos, you cannot benefit from a lit fire on Shabbos. So the Karaites, those who took the Bible literally, they did not embrace or accept the authority of the Torah Shabbat, the, the oral Torah. They sat in a cold room, in a dark room, eating cold food all Shabbos because they rejected the rabbinic interpretation. This means you cannot start a fire, but you can benefit from a fire. We do that all the time. I just came from two and a half hours of Geras meetings. Baruch Hashem. Many on the third meeting, which is when we ask questions. And one of the questions we ask our candidates is, many are panicked, don't worry, I'm not asking you. How do you make tea on Shabbos? How do you heat food on Shabbos? What food can you heat and how can you heat it? So some will say, I don't know, I don't mess with that. I set up food from before Shabbos in the crock pot. I leave it. That's how I eat food on Shabbos. So there are difference, liquid, dry, a plata, a hot plate, a blech, a radiator. That's what people up north have when it's cold, a radiator. You don't know what I'm talking about. So how can you eat food? That's what we ask. So the Karaites understood you can't eat food, but we reject that. The Torah Shabbat says you can't ignite a new fire. You can benefit from a lit fire. So we have a crock pot. That's where Chalant comes from. I'm not going to repeat this all. We've shared it in the past years of the Pasha class. The origin of Chalant is it's a mitzvah to have hot food on Shabbos. Mishnah quotes it as a halacha. It's a mitzvah to have hot food on Shabbos. We changed the clock. Now we're in the summer mode. Some people only eat Chalant in the winter, not in the summer. They have to have a hot cup of tea from an urn that was put up before Shabbos. It doesn't have to be Chalant. It should be a hot food on Shabbos. Why? Because we are affirming. We are essentially testifying. We're not Karaites. It's okay. You can have a shidduch with my children. I'm not a Karite. How do you know? I once saw them have tea on Shabbos. They eat shalom on Shabbos. They eat hot food on Shabbos. We're good to go. Lo Sivaru. Shla Kadosh says, Lo Sivaru Eish is not talking about, homiletically he suggests, we can derive another lesson. It's not only talking about igniting a fire. Someone who has rage, a fire in their belly, is somebody who loses themselves to their temper, to anger. Lo Sivaru Eish B'chomash V'Sechem B'yam HaShabbos says the Shla Kadosh Rabbi Shaya Levi Horowitz says the Shla, Shnei Luchas Abris, he says, when are we most predisposed? When are we most open? When does anger flare the most in a Jewish home? From midday Friday through Friday night. Did you set the table? Did you put up the light? I told you to clean those toys. Did you take a shower yet? I can't believe you're coming home in the 18 minutes again. You promised me. What do you mean your drush is not ready and we're making late Shabbos? You said we're making early Shabbos. And people get angry. Said the Shla, You cannot have fire in your heart. You can't get angry in any of your dwelling places. Shabbos. Shabbos is a place of peace, serenity, calm, happiness, joy, simcha. Don't light a, don't light a fire. Don't light a fire. Let's start with the Megid Yosef. There's so much to say. We could spend three hours on this Pasuk. Six days do work. Seventh day, Yelachem Kodesh is Kodesh for Hashem. Six days work. Six days work. Work is not a concession. Work is a value. Six days go work. Conquer the world, manipulate the world, imitate God by working, contributing positively to the world, and then you've earned being able to rest on the seventh day. Seventh day is the Makor Bracha, it's the destination, it's the goal. We don't rest on the seventh day so we have enough energy to go back to work. We work all six days. Why? Because the payoff, the payday is Shabbos. We wait for Shabbos, we long for Shabbos, our whole life revolves around Shabbos. Says the Megid Yosef or Yosef Saratskin, Let's read that Pasuk again. Perak Lamedei, Pasuk Beis, page 516 in the Art Scroll Stone Chumash. Sheshes yamim te'asem alacha. Six days do work. Uvayom. What could it have said? Bayom ha'shvi, on the seventh day rest. 
Uvayom. Vav, the Vav, is Mechaber, Uvayom Ashri. Nidrashay, they basically, the Yerushalmi and Shabbos learns, Shagam Bayom Ashri, ain't Sarach Lahashbiz is Kalov. On the seventh day, your utensils do not need to rest. So Machlok is Beiselo Beishamai. Similar to what I was describing about the Karaim. Not to suggest Khalila, either of them were Karaim, but they have a legitimate Machlokas, how to understand what many recite as the long Kiddush. Not only do we human beings have to rest, have to rest and refrain from work and Shabbos, what else has to rest? Behemtecha, your animals. Our animals can't be plowing a field on Shabbos, our animals have to rest on Shabbos. What else? Our children. Avdecha, gerch hasher There's a long list of that which is associated with us that needs to rest. What about shvisas kalim? Can, do I, can our kalim be working? Can my lights be on? Can my technology be operating? I don't mean producing work that I'm profiting off of, but I mean, can they be on? Can they be on? How is my hot plate turned on? How is the urn keeping the water hot for the tea that I know how to prepare properly. Do we hold of Shvisas Kalim or not? So, Beis Hillel learns that even on the seventh day, ain't Sarach Lahash is Kalim. Your Kalim, your utensils, your objects, your items do not need to rest. So that's one purpose of the Vav. Says the Megid Yosef, the Vav is teaching another lesson. Listen carefully giving you a little preview to turn Friday into Erev Shabbos. Turn Wednesday, which is the real Erev Shabbos. Because what did we say this morning for Shir Shayom? When's the last time you can make Havdalah? Tuesday. So you see, the previous Shabbos ended yesterday, Tuesday. The next Shabbos begins today, Wednesday. This is Erev Shabbos. Today is Erev Shabbos. Bechin is Erev Shabbos. So here's a lesson for Erev Shabbos. Menucha Shabbos enarak davar shlili. Hedar malacha. Says the Megid Yosef, the menucha, the peace, the tranquility, the rest of Shabbos is not a passive rest. If you would have asked me, I'd say, what is rest? The absence of work. Turn off the lights, turn off the noise, take away the to-do list, and now I'm resting. Rest is the absence of work or effort, but it's not. Menucha, rest is not the absence of work. Rest is a new type of work. Rest is a form of work. It's a different work than the work we do during the vach, during the weekday. And that says the Megid Yosef is what the Pasuk is teaching. Six days, do, initiate, create, mold, conquer, manipulate the world, do malacha. And also on the seventh day, and what's that malacha? How do you rest? It's hard work running a Shabbos table. Ask those who prepared for and serve and clean up, who give the Divrei Torah, who sing the Zmiros, who run the conversation. That's a hard work, that rest. That rest is hard work. And that's the work of Shabbos. Shabbos, the rest, is not the absence of work. It is a pivot and a different type of work. When was Adam created? How do you know this? Where do you see this? Says the Megid Yosef. A brilliant raya. Brilliant evidence. Where do you see this? When was Adam Arisha? When was Adam created? Which day of the week? Sixth day, says the Shvigar, correctly. Which day is sixth day? Which was? Friday. Now, I don't understand. If you only get Shabbos after work, 
So when should Adam have created? What should he have to earn? Be created on Sunday, Motzei Shabbos. Let him work for six days, and then I'll get a Shabbos. What did he need a Shabbos to rest from his work? What work did he do? What did he need Shabbos? If Shabbos, if the rest of Shabbos is the cessation, refraining, abstaining, resting from work, then you should have to work in order to be entitled to rest from that work. But Adam Arishan was created Friday afternoon, Arab Shabbos. What work did he do? So Shabbos is not that you've earned resting from work. Shabbos is you're going from one type of work to another type of work. So the first work that Adam did was the work of making Shabbos. Now that you did the holy malacha of, of Menucha Shabbos, now you can do the, the weekday work of conquering the world. It's a whole fundamentally different view of Shabbos. Are you listening to this? It's already the afternoon. You should be wide awake. You should be on your third cup of coffee. Did you hear what he said, Rav Saratskin? It's a fundamentally different way, not only of understanding, but of observing and keeping Shabbos. Shabbos is not, I want to pass out as quickly as I can. There are homes, Nebuch, where Friday night Shabbos is defined as, get to sleep as quickly as possible. Whatever gimmick you need, set the lights to go off 20 minutes after you made Kiddush, only serve one course where you put it all out at once. Whatever gimmick you need, some people define Friday night as, how can I pass out as quickly as possible? That's the definition of a successful Shabbos. That's Chilol Shabbos. That's a Chilol Shabbos for this definition of Shabbos. It's a Mechal Shabbos. And you show off about it the next day at Kiddush, you're a Mechal Shabbos B'farhesia. What's Shabbos? It's the Malacha of Menucha Shabbos. It's the work of a proper rest on Shabbos that takes work. Go to sleep late Friday night because you were so busy working so hard, resting so much that you didn't barely got to sleep. That's Shabbos. That's Shabbos. So Adam Arishon, he didn't go from work during the week to resting on Shabbos. He went from being created without working right into the work of Menucha Shabbos. Menucha. Bas Shabbos, Bas Menucha. Shabbos comes, comes Menucha. Kol Tzav Nigmar Malacha. Azoi Zak Drashi. Harisha Menucha Sa Shabbos Igmar Malacha. Bria Bifnei Atzma Sheishlim Ez Bria Sa Olam. It too is a form of Malacha. It's a different type of Malacha. It's the Malacha of Menuchas Ha Shabbos. We move over to the Otzer Plos HaTorah. Otzer Plos HaTorah. It says the following. The Alshach asks, here we learn from these psukim, the juxtaposition, observe Shabbos, build the Mishkan, don't build the Mishkan on Shabbos. Conflict between the two, which supersedes the other? Shabbos. And the Ashach wonders, So we've all been raised with that, we know that. We know the juxtaposition in several parashios at the end of Shemos teach us that you don't build the Mishkan on Shabbos. Shabbos supersedes Malachas HaMishkan. But do we stop to ask why? What happens in the Mishkan when it's up and running? What do we do there? We offer the Karbanas. Six days a week or seven? Seven days a week. The Karbanas were offered on Shabbos. The Karbanas supersede Shabbos. So if the Karbanas are offered on Shabbos, the Karbanas are Docha Shabbos. What you do in the building supersedes Shabbos. 
Why wouldn't the building of the building supersede Shabbos? It's a gewaldige cash of the Ashot. The Ashot is asking a great question. Great question. So the Otsupolo Satora quotes, Hagon Baal Chavaz Das, in a Sefer Nachlas Yankif. There's a difference between building the building and offering the offerings. And this is what he says, quote, The offering of the sacrifices was done by human beings, human effort, human creativity, human initiative, was human beings. That human effort, that supersedes Shabbos. The building of the Mishkan was divine. We went through motions, but its success and the result, the reality, was divine, was Hashem. Kama menorah. Moshe Rabbeinu threw the material into the fire. It came out. The menorah. Who made it? Who fashioned it? Intricate, complex details, all fashioned out of one solid block. Who did that? Moshe was stuck. Hashem. Te'aseh menorah as it says. It was done sort of passively. Hashem did it. That's why that doesn't supersede. So that's the Ashach's difference. Human beings, you do a work on Shabbos. This really complements the Megid Yosef nicely. Your Karbanos, it's not Malacha that's also on Shabbos. It's Vachadikah Malacha that's also on Shabbos. But there's a Shabbos Malacha which is permissible on Shabbos. And your Karbanos of Shabbos are Shabbos Karbanos. That's okay on Shabbos. But Hashem says, not me. I'm resting on Shabbos. Ain't going to work on Saturday. So, since he's the one who built the Mishkan, therefore, therefore the building of the Mishkan does not supersede, does not supersede Shabbos. That is the insight of the, of the Ashach. Of the Ashach. There's another way to understand it. Another very beautiful understanding based on the Nitziv. The Nitziv says the following. The Nitziv says, when the words say, Yelachem Kodesh, Uva Yom and on the seventh day, Yelachem Kodesh, it should be for you a holy day. It should be a holy day. It's not just another day, you just didn't go to work that day, but it should be a holy day. The Rambam's understanding of why we have Muktzah. The whole prohibition of muksa that for many people is what Shabbos is all about. Don't touch that. Don't move that. That's muksa. Can't set that aside. Did muksa is the rabbanon. It's a rabbinic prohibition. Why do we have the rabbinic prohibition of muksa? Many reasons are offered, but the Rambam's reason is because the rabbis realized that a person could lie in bed all day and not do any of the 39 creative labors, but not be really observing or feeling the difference that it's Shabbos. They could be watching, touching, lifting, moving, all these muktzah items without utilizing them for their function and they will not have a Shabbos atmosphere, a Shabbos environment. So muktzah was introduced by the rabbis. You could lie in bed, read a book for 25 hours. Switch off between sleeping and reading a book and you'll say, oh, gewald, what a great Shabbos. But that's not what the Pasuk says. Why are we doing this? What is the goal? Yelachem Kodesh. The goal is to have something which is holy. A holy day. To repeat, he said, Ki Kodesh Yilachem. So, what's the difference Ki Kodesh Yilachem and Yilachem Kodesh? Says the Nitziv, in last week's parsha, Kodesh Yilachem means, ready or not, here it comes. Like it or not, here it comes. Sunsets on Friday, it is a holy day. Yilachem Kodesh means something different. What does it mean? You, need to make some effort. Don't just lie in bed passively. Don't just lie in bed 
like some goylem reading a book while Shabbos sleeping. What are you doing to make this a holy day? What activity, what conversation, what wardrobe, what demeanor, what are you doing to make it a holy day? It's an entirely new dimension. This is what the Nitziv writes. kedusha kol echad lefi erko. On Shabbos, everybody has to introduce some holy element, holy practice. Everyone, lefi erko. Everyone in a way that will be meaningful to them. So what does that mean in a way that will be meaningful to them? So the Yerushalmi, former Rebbe of mine, Rabbi Asher Bush, wrote this up in a Divar Torah, and he says, the Yerushalmi explains, the Yerushalmi says, that even highly ignorant Amei Haaretz, Amei Haaretz, would be meticulous to never lie on Shabbos. They were untrustworthy during the week. Did they tithe? Did they separate? Could you eat? Is their cash was good? But even the Amaaretz, even the ignoramus, would never lie on Shabbos. Would never lie on Shabbos. Yerushalmi explains. I went to a talk the other night. The last Jewish gangster gave the history of the mob. And he talked about, I forgot the name of this mobster, who was quasi, and he, would, he worked for Bugsy Siegel. And he said, if possible, I'd rather not have to carry out any of the on Shabbos, unless it's absolutely necessary. <laughs> that was what he said. Even the mobsters don't kill on Shabbos. They don't kill on Shabbos. Yerushalmi says, during the weekday, unclear, you could eat there. Shabbos. Even the Amayaret says to Yerushalmi, don't, don't lie on Shabbos. Don't lie on Shabbos. There are those who on Shabbos don't speak Lashon Hara. I, all week long, you're not supposed to speak Lashon Hara. There's some people who only speak Lashon Hara. Speak the best Lashon Hara on Shabbos. They for sure get it wrong. I'm just joking. But there are people who are more meticulous, more vigilant, more careful not to speak Lashon Hara on Shabbos. Talmud Torah. Mishnah quotes. If Torah, if you learn in Kolol all week long, Shabbos, your rest is defined by sleeping. But if you're a person who works all week long, how is your rest? Yelachem Kodesh. How can you differentiate Shabbos from Sunday? What makes it a holy day? Did you go to the Chabura? Did you go to the afternoon shir? Did you go to the Hele Geshal Shiris? Did you have a Chavrusa? Did you say a Dvar Torah at the table? Did you do extra learning? There's no excuse. You're not going to work. Your phone's not ringing off the hook. You don't have to get back to email. There's no excuse. Shabbos is defined by extra Talmud Torah. By extra Talmud Torah. Yelachem Kodesh, the Nitziv is introducing a subjectivity to Shabbos. Until now we thought, open Mesechah Shabbos, Mesechah Erevin, open the Shulchan Aruch Gimel, Mishnah Gimel, and we all have to observe the same Shabbos. One of the amazing things about our religion, sometimes we have to communicate this at these Geras meetings, the rabbi, the Rebetzin, they live the same standard as everybody else. We don't have a religion that anyone's held to a different standard. Same obligations, same halacha, same standard. We're all supposed to be aspiring to live the same, same Shabbos, same 39 malachas, same Kiddush and Avdala, same Lacha Mishnah, same Shabbos. Comes along in the Tziv on this Pasuk and says, Yelachem Kodesh. No, there's a subjectivity to Shabbos. There are parts of Shabbos that are objective. There are parts of Shabbos that are absolute that apply equally, universally to all. That, the sun sets, 39 malachas, can't do them. Kiddush, Lachemishnah, Havdalah, three meals, Shalashudas, you gotta do it. But then there's the subjective part of Shabbos. You sit down as a family and you say, what's our family Shabbos experience? Do we play games? Do we crawl into one bed and read together? Do we sing every, every zemer in the book? 
To, what's, our, what's our subjective Yelachem Kodesh? How do we make it holy? What is our attitude towards its, towards its holiness? Perak Lamedei Pasuk Yud. Chochachem lev bachem yavau v'yasu es kol asher tziva Hashem. Every wise-hearted person among you should come and make everything that Hashem has commanded. Where? How? Where'd they learn the skills? Where'd they learn the skills? Ketzad yada Moshe miyu chacham lev haroi lamlachas hamishkan. How did Moshe know? You needed all kinds of experts, artists, artisans. How did Moshe know who to pick? Now today with equity and equality, everybody would have to be given a chance. Once upon a time, it was merit-based. Once upon a time, we're erasing all the merit-based. Once upon a time, it was merit-based. So how did Moshe know who had the merit, the skill set, to be the Chacham Lev, to fulfill at a high standard for the holiest place in the world, these Malachos? You know, a person has to be tested. Nobody becomes an expert as much as practice. As doctors, they're still practicing medicine. They haven't gotten there yet. They're still practicing. But practice makes perfect. So how did Moshe know who practiced? How did they practice? And did they practice before him? Did he test them? How did he know? How did he know? That was it? He said, we're looking for artisans, we're looking for artists, we're looking for people who can weave, who can sew. So seven people came and he said, great, get to work, build the Mishkan. Build the Mishkan? Mirzashem, we're doing a major capital improvement, please God. Believe me, you'll hear about it soon. We interviewed major firms, architects, contractors. You don't just say, who wants to build? Oh, you have a hammer? Okay, here, please build it. Certainly not the holiest place in the community. So Besefer Meshiva's Nefesh, he says, Reisi Shekosov Dover Nifle, he read something amazing. Shehanashem B'yosem B'mitzrayim, Otzerplos HaTorah, and its author, I should just say its author, I should mention his name, because I spoke to him, Reb Zichamin, Reb Wolf, Reb Zev Zichamin. So, and I thank him in advance for my Vayikra volume. So he says something amazing, he digs up stuff you never saw, you never heard of, you never knew. Did you know? Hanashem B'yosem B'mitzrayim, Hayuchachmas Leiv Varoas Anolad, Vizraglu B'maisa Umnas, did you know the women in the ghetto of Egypt, while their babies were being killed, late at night in the barracks, would practice weaving and dyeing and building because they had such optimism and hope. The same women who smuggled out the instruments because they said there'll be a time we'll need these. Everybody asks, Miriam and the women, when they had instruments, the, the men, ah, they just used, uh, they just went um, acoustical. The women had the, the, they had the instruments. Where'd they get them from? Chris Yamsov on the other side, they had them. Where'd they get them from? They brought them with him. Why would you bring instruments with you? You know that guy who always has a guitar on his back wherever he goes? He's confident there'll be an opportunity to play somewhere. Something there'll be to celebrate. Someone give him an excuse to strum. So the women walked around with instruments because they said, Hashem, this isn't going to last. He's going to turn things around. We're going to have redemption. It's going to be amazing. And we need to have instruments on hand. So those same women who had that same optimism and that same belief, and we'll come back to this because they're going to get rewarded for that optimism with a holiday about optimism, we'll come back to. So the same women, he dug this up in a Sefer Meshivas Nefesh, written by Rabbi Yechen and Luria, who said that these women practiced. They didn't just show up and say, I volunteer, I'll do. 
Moshe knew they had a reputation, they had a name. They already distinguished themselves because they practiced in Mitzrayim. It is similar to, I would get beaten up for saying this, but Machon HaMikdash in the old city of Yerushalayim. Anyone ever been there? You take the tour? I once made the mistake of saying to one of the rabbis of, Malachas, of the um, Machon HaMikdash, oh, you're the ones who have the replica of the menorah in the old city, right? I almost had to pick him up off the floor. He said, replica? What are you talking about, replica? That's the next menorah. We built a menorah that's eligible to be the menorah of the Beis HaMikdash. It was like such an insult. I said, oh, that's the replica, that's the model, that's Ki'ilu. It's like, no, that's, that's the real deal. What are you talking about? Machona Mikdash is busy building. We're busy davening for, thinking about under the palm trees of Boca. They're busy building the Kalim of the third Beis HaMikdash. Confident, they're not replicas, they're not models. They're going to be put into use. So these righteous men and women in Mitzrayim said, you know, there's going to be a Mishkan. This goes to the whole debate. The chronology of the Torah, was it only a response to Chet Egel? Did they know it? Was it something a priori was going to be built? Let's leave aside that debate for the moment, but this answer certainly suggests they knew it was going to be built and they were practicing. They were getting ready for that big day. In fact, listen to what Chassam Sofer says. Chassam Sofer we've heard of, but I bet you never heard this from him. In his Torah's Moshe, on our Parsha, he says the following. Did you know, says the Chassam Sofer, that the Jewish people first built a trial, Mishkan, before they built the real thing? They showed up and they said, we can do it. We can weave, we can build, we can sew, we can dye. He said, you're good? Okay, here. Here's some fake materials. Build a model. Try it. Show it to me. Let me examine it. If you're good to go, I'll give you the real deal. I'll tell you, when, when I'm a Sada Kedushan at a wedding, I learned this the hard way early on. Others learn it from me. When someone is given the keyboard of signing the, to Tanayim, the Ksuba, have a little piece of paper, a pen, say, first write your name out for me. Let me just see. Then you could write it. Why do you do that? You'd be shocked. This is a separate commentary I don't have time to get into now, but you'd be shocked how many people went through 12 years of Jewish education who don't know how to spell their own name in Hebrew. Akiva, Ayin or Aleph at the beginning. Yoshua, Ayin, Aleph at the end. The Vav, Aaron, Vav, no Vav. Some are complicated. It's understandable they don't know. Others, they never wrote their name in Hebrew. If they get an Aliyah, they just give their name. So, Sometimes to not embarrass people, if I know a little bit about them, I'll say, what's your Hebrew name? Let me write it out for you, then you could copy it. Once I said to a person who was given the keyboard of signing on Aksuba, sign here, he put his John Hancock, like he was signing a mortgage document. He signed in English. So now I always give, so Moshe Rabbeinu says to them, oh, you know how to die, you know how to weave, you know how to sew? Why don't you try, here, here's some materials. Play over here, let me see how you do. Oh, it says the Chassam Sofer that Moshe Rabbeinu first tried them and tested them. Only once they were good, he gave them the real goods. Only then did he give them the real materials and he said, now build the real thing. Now, but anyone ever hear that before? Wild, no? Wild. Wild. The Rabbi Yannison Eibschitz in the Sefer Tiferes Yohanneson, he writes, quote, Kochacham leib bachem yavo v'yasu es kosher tziv ha'ashem v'yesh lavin demi yavchen imu chacham leib. 
Nira Dani Sayan Hayashlo Amru Lo Legamri Atsiva Shal Hashem Ketzer Yasir Vetikun Kalim Vu Kivain Midas Atzma Latsivui Zemuchach Al Chachmaso Vezeva Yasu Kolashir Tsiva Hashem Midaito. The way Moshe tested whether they were competent was he would start the commandment, and if they intuited how it concluded, he knew they were the one. So he didn't tell them explicitly entirely what to do. He began, this is what's needed. If they intuited the conclusion, Moshe said, you're good to go, you're the one. Unbelievable, no? Keep going. Perak Lamedei Pasach of Beis. Turn the page. 518. The men came with the women. It's a funny language. The whole, uh, what does the Pasuk say? Vayavo ha'anashim. doesn't say im. Al here means im. The men came with the women. Konadivlev. Everyone whose heart motivated him brought bracelets and nose rings and rings and body ornaments, all sort of gold ornaments. Every man who raised up an offering of gold to Hashem. Says Rabbi Yehuda Chassid in his Sefer, Sefer Gematrios. Anyone have a copy of that? Has anyone ever heard of that? Rabbi Yudha apparently has a sefer called Sefer Gamatrios. I know I'm an Amaretz. At least you could trust me on Shabbos. But I didn't know that Rabbi Yudha had the sefer. Kosal Levaris Apostle, Kol Nadiv Libo Yivieha. There's a shift in the language. In the masculine, anyone with a generous heart, masculine Libo, Yivieha is feminine. Why do we go from the masculine to the feminine? Listen to what he says, Rabbi Yudha Ain Adam Rishoy Lis Nadev. Below Rishus Ishto. You know why? What you see from here? What does it mean, the Pasuk? Listen carefully, fundraisers. And therefore, you can't ask a man to donate without his wife present. And a man should never agree to give without the permission of his wife. How do you like that for such a misogynistic religion? We had a woman's day before, back when we used to be able to define a woman. Only when his heart and her heart are both holy in it, W-H and H, then, then you can give it. And says, Rabbi Yudah said, why is he bringing this down in the Sefer Gematrios? Because Yivi'eha is the Gematria of... Who and he. Him and her. He and her. Only when both parties, now you'll say, and this is wild. Abid al-Khasid is saying this, and the Pasuk is written at a time women didn't have their own accounts and their own income, their own livelihood. It's fascinating. Our whole financial structure today is different than the way Chazal understood it. Of Nechsei Tzom Barzal, Nechsei Malug, the Chi of Ksuba, what it corresponds with. We have entirely different different way we do it today. But even when the income was all considered to be the man's, and it was his to use as he wished, he had to support his wife with Mizonos, but it was his, even then, it was defined as half hers to decide where it goes. A couple should not be giving to Tztaka without both agreeing together. The Domel is a Kasabalaturim. Pasuk says, before Pasuk Hashem. It should say, Yavi. Go back to Pasuk Hay. Again, we have this change in the grammar. 
Why do we have the shift? Says the Balaturim there. Who had the jewelry that was being donated? It was the women. Husbands can't raid the vault. Don't go raid the safety deposit box. Don't go raid her jewelry box and donate all of her jewelry without her permission. He wasn't entitled. He didn't have license. He didn't have a right. She has to be on board. She has to be on board. He cannot give her things without. But the Rabbi Yudachas is going even further. Because maybe I'll say the Balaturim is obvious. He can't give her jewelry without her permission. Maybe that part's obvious. But the Balaturim goes, the Rabbi Yudachas goes further and says, he can't even give his things. He shouldn't donate his cufflinks. shouldn't donate his chasen watch. He shouldn't donate his hard-earned income without his wife's permission. Without his wife's permission. Ubala Afla in the Sefer Panam Yafos writes, Vayavo Hanashim Al Hanashim, Perish Rashi Im Hanashim, Smuchan Eleim, Nesha Monarchosov Khan, Kotachshite Nashim, Vikaimalon, De'ini Shechol Limkor, Belorishes Baila, De'ini Shechol Limkor, Tachshite Ishto, Lachain Srichin Laviosh Neim. They both go together, they come together, and you need both of their permission, both of their permission together. Next, Pasaglam and Hey. Vukhalisha Achachmas Lebi Adea Tavu, and the wise women with the skill, they wove, and they brought these different ingredients, the different uh, colored materials. In the Sefer Likutim Mipardes, it says in the name of the Medrash Tanchuma, quote, says, anytime you're doing a holy act, you should go to the mikvah first. When it came to the Mishkan, before the women would weave all that would go into the curtains and the materials of the Mishkan, first they would immerse in the mikvah. V'ram said, what's the remez? Lev biadea tavu. Lev biadea tavu. Right, the Pasuk says, V'chol ish chachmas lev biadea tavu. Take those three words out of context. Lev biadea tavu. Lamed beis tes spells. Taval, to immerse. Vod remez chachmas lev biadea is Rashi Tevas in the Gematria mem 40 sa is a mikvah. So you see that whenever you do a holy activity, we have a minag that a sandak goes to the mikvah before, they, before they're a sandak. Before you do a holy act, the baltokeah before they blow the shofar, many have a custom to go to the mikvah. The women, before they would weave, before if you're making tefillin, sofar goes to the mikvah. Making a talus, go to the mikvah. The notion of going to the mikvah before a holy activity. The woman Perak Lamed Hey Pasuk Chaf Vav Vanesiyim Eviyos Avnei Hashoam. Sorry, V'chol Nashim Hashem Nasal Libam Osana Bechachma Tavu Esai Izim. All the women whose hearts inspired them with wisdom spun the goat hair. The Torah writes that women are rewarded. We alluded to this a moment ago. Women are rewarded on Rosh Chodesh. Even though we all observe Rosh Chodesh, say Halal, it's a quasi yantif. But women, more than men, refrain from malacha on Rosh Chodesh. It doesn't mean the Lama test malachos. They could use technology. It means malacha. Don't do laundry. Don't cook dinner. Men should make dinner, which means men should buy dinner that night of Rosh Chodesh. That night of Rosh Chodesh. Where'd this come from? 
when and why were women awarded with Rosh Chodesh? Why is that the women's holiday? We have a women's day. We don't have it one day a year, International Women's Day. We have it every month. Women's day is Rosh Chodesh. No laundry, no carpool, no dinner. Which basically means you have neglected children who are starving every Rosh Chodesh. <laughs> so why were women given this? Tur says he heard a reason from his brother, Rabbi Yehuda. Pesach was given to the Jewish people corresponding with Avram. Yitzchak corresponds with Shavuos, because we blow the shofar of Matan Torah, was the shofar from the ram of Yitzchak. And Yaakov with Sukkot, because after the reunion with Esav, Yaakov went where? To Sukkot. And the Mekneu, Asa Sukkot, he made for his flock Sukkot. So we covered the three regalim. What about the 12 Rosh Chodeshes? Who does that go to? Keneged Yud Shvatim, the 12 tribes. What happened? When the 12 tribes were unfaithful to Hashem and contributed to the building of the golden calf, Hashem took Rosh Chodesh away from them and gave it instead to women. And why did women get it instead? Because they, they didn't contribute to the Cheta Egel. They ran with alacrity and zeal and enthusiasm to give to the Mishkan, but they hesitated and paused and made excuses and did not give to the, to the building of the of the eagle, of the golden calf, of the golden calf. So, what, what's the deeper connection? There's a lot to say on this, but we're going to run out of time. So I'll tell you, what's the deeper connection? Is that an arbitrary award? Why Rosh Chodesh? Can't give women something else? Why Rosh Chodesh? So what does Rosh Chodesh celebrate? How does Rosh Chodesh celebrate it? You ever go outside on Rosh Chodesh and look up at the moon? You probably not did immediately, but three days later you did when you said, Kiddush Levana. How big is the moon on Rosh Chodesh? If you're asking me to make a holiday about the moon, I would make that holiday when the moon is full, when the moon is bright, when the moon is whole, when the moon is complete, when the moon is reflective of the sun. When do we make the holiday of the moon? When you could barely see the moon. It is a tiny, almost negligible sliver. You could barely see the moon. And that's our holiday of the moon. Because what does the holiday of the moon celebrate? We are not a people of the sun. The Jewish people are a lunar people, not a solar people. We follow the lunar calendar, not the solar calendar, because we are similar to the moon. And in what way are we similar to the moon? The moon waxes and wanes. The moon grows large and the moon grows small. The moon has ups and the moon has downs. The moon is a roller coaster. And that is the Jewish story. That is our history. That is who we are. That is how we live. David That's the story of David Amelach. When we look up at that moon, we say Kiddush Levana, and we sing David Amelach Yisrael Chayvekayim, because our story is like that moon. That even when you can barely see it and discern it, even when it's a small sliver, we with hope and optimism and faith know it will grow full yet again. Just wait. The passage of time, with faith, it will grow full yet again. Who displayed that faith, that optimism, that hope? Women. When they said, what's the rush? You give in to this eagle because motion didn't come about? You buffoons, you miscalculated. You're rushing fools. You're rushing into something terribly wrong. Patience. Have patience. Have hope. Have, have optimism. Have faith. Women were therefore given Rosh Chodesh, not as an arbitrary award. We had to give them something. Well, let's see, I have Rosh Chodesh left over because I took it away from those guys. Ah, let's give it to them. No, it was by design. 
It was specifically Rosh Chodesh because of what Rosh Chodesh represents and celebrates that women were given it uh, specifically as an award for not giving to the Chayta Egel and running to give to the, to the building of the Mishkan. Good, let's keep going. Parshas Pekudeh. Let's get a couple in for Parshas Pekudeh. Because we have a double Parsha, double whammy. Page 530 These are the reckonings of the Mishkan, the Mishkan of Edus of Testimony, which were reckoned at Moshe's bidding. Moshe did a... Moshe took a... a um, no? What did he do? Audit, thank you. Thank you, Shver. He did an audit. He didn't audit. The Yerushalmi has an amazing idea. Otsar Plus Torah points us to the Yerushalmi. How many times does it say Kashir Tziva Hashem in Parshat Pekudeh? Wow. Bunch of Bekim in Yerushalmi here. Unbelievable. 18 times. 18 times. Vayaka Pekudeh is a redundancy, is a repetition of Truma Tetzave, the fundamental difference, the famous insight of the Beis Levi. Fundamental difference Truman Tetzava just gave us the instructions. Vayaka Pekudei introduces Kashur Tzivashem, as Hashem commanded, Hashem commanded you. Why? We've developed at length other times because it is the antidote, the response to the Chet Egel. What went wrong in the Chet Egel? We tried to do it our way. Like, who's that singer? He did it his way. Thanks, Sinatra. I can't tell you how many funerals I've been to. That was the hespit given for somebody. My father, like Frank Sinatra, he did it his way. They put on the matseva. Nobody should aspire for that to be a hespit. So, so they did it their way. We, we did it our way. We craved a tangible connection to Hashem. He was nowhere to be found. Moshe was gone. We thought Moshe was lost. We lost our intermediary. We said, what do we do now? I don't know. Anyone have any ideas? We tried to do it our way. Hashem says, well, not so fast. That's a legitimate need. I'm going to give you a mishkan, a physical manifestation, something tangible, that's legitimate. Hashem validated that need, but He said, you got to do it the way I say. Religion is not for your innovation and creativity. It's not subjective. Don't make it up for what feels good. Hashem. Hashem prescribes for us. You don't go to the doctor and say, you know what? I'll take two of these and three of those, and I, this one makes more sense to me. Doctors, I went to medical school. I invented the medicine. What are you doing? What are you doing? HaKadosh Baruch says, I created this world, I programmed this world and you and everything in it, and this is my prescription. You've got to follow it to a T. There is room for creativity within religion, but within the boundaries. Kasher Tziv Hashem. Says the Beis HaLevi, all of Ayaka Pakude were worth saying and repeating what we had in Truma Tetzave. Why? All to repeat over and over again, Kasher Tziv Hashem. You have to do it the way Hashem said. We can't push the boundary too far. We can't be too creative. It has to be part of the Mesorah, the Mesorah community. Kasher Tziva Hashem. So how many times does this expression appear in Parshat Pekudeh? 18. And the Yerushalmi says, that's why we have a Shemona Esra that's made up of 18 brachos. Shemona Esra brachos betfila niskanu neged a Shemona Esra pa'amim shakosov kasher Tziva Hashem Parshat Pekudeh. The Baal Shevet Musar in his Agudas Elio on the Yerushalmi says, Huskanu keneged Shemona Esra yitzivuyim mishkan lomar la Kadosh Baruch Listen to what he says. It's a beautiful idea. I gave you a bonus 
turn Friday into Erev Shabbos, I'm giving you a bonus sitter snippet. What are we saying with every Shemona Esrei? Hashem, we thought we could do it our way. We ignored you. We neglected you. We were disobedient to you. We thought we could do it our way. We're back to say Shemona Esrei, Kasher Tziva Hashem. By saying a, a tefillah of 18 brachos, corresponding with the 18 times Kasher Tziva Hashem, we are surrendering. We're not going to do it our way. Kasher Tziva Hashem, we're doing it your way. Is that incredible? Every Amida, we take three steps forward and we say, in between Shachras and Mincha, so sorry, I tried to do it my way. I'm back to tell you, I'm ready to do it your way. Between Mincha and Marav, Marav and Shachras, we keep messing up. We keep slipping up. We keep thinking we can do it our way. We're back to say, I'm back Hashem. Please, the same way you were, ultimately you were forgiving of the Dor Midbar, you let it go, you just reminded him 18 times your way, we're here, we got the message 18 times your way, please be forgiving of us too. Fantastic, no? A new kavana for Shemona Esrei. Each time you say Shemona Esrei. Perak Lamed Ches Ches Pesuk Chav Zayin. Lamed Ches Chav Zayin. Bottom of page 530. Vayim Aski Kikar Kesel Lotekes Odnei HaKodesh Ves Odnei HaParochas Vas Adanim Lemkar Kikar Kikar Laodin. The hundred talents of silver were cast, the sockets of the sanctuary, the sockets of the partition, a hundred sockets for a hundred talents per socket. A hundred and a hundred and a hundred and a hundred. What's going on over here? A very beautiful idea. Shulchan Archan Archaim Simen Menvav obligates us to make how many brachas a day? A hundred brachas. Maya brachas b'chol yom. If you say 19 brachas times three, Shachras bin Chamarv, you're well on your way. A few Asher Yatsars, you're well on your way. A couple cups of coffee, if you benched, Got some brachas in there, you're good to go. A hundred brachas every day. What's the source? Where do we learn that from? The Gemara in Menachas, Mem Gimel learns, You, the Jewish people, what does God ask from you? Says Rashi, not ma, but what does God ask from us? Don't read it, ma, altikre, ma, ela, mea. He asks us for a hundred brachas a day. The Medrash B'med tells us there was a plague, there was a pandemic in Yerushalayim. A hundred people died a day. So David HaMelech said, what's the antidote? Vaccine. What else? A hundred brachas a day. hundred brachas a day ended the pandemic. Kolbo says modim. Kolbo says modim is the gematria of a hundred. You see that being grateful a hundred times a day. hundred times a day. The Balaturim says, you know where you learn it from? Parshas Pekudei, which is why I'm bringing it up. The Pasuk we just read. Where do you see it there? Where do you appear there? Me'as Adanim. Le'ma'as kikar kikvar la'aden. Talking about the sockets that the poles, the posts fit into. A hundred sockets. What do a hundred sockets have to do with a hundred brachas every day? So Mori Varabi Rav says, just like if you remove a socket, the boards have nothing holding them in place. What happens? Collapse. Implosion. If you omit the brachos, if you skip a hundred times a day, interrupting your day to remember there's a Hashem before you ate, after you ate, you came out of the bathroom, everything worked. A hundred times a day, you remember there's a Hashem. If you take away those sockets, your life implodes, it falls apart. Chazanish said, Yesod ve'ikar avodas Hashem, birchas hanenin with kavana. The core, the foundation of serving Hashem is to actually think about what you're saying when you make a shahakal, caffeinate with kavana. Our Amuna cups. You gotta have kavana when you make a bracha. You gotta think about what you're saying. You know how fortunate, how lucky you are? 
I feel like this is one of the lessons, I don't think we've learned it, of, the, of, the, of Corona. It's actually one of the lessons we're still learning. In my lifetime, in my lifetime, we've experienced that an American, someone living in the Western world could go to a store and couldn't afford to buy what was on the shelf. But I had never experienced that there wouldn't be on the shelf, that you'd run out of things on the shelf. The whole notion of supply chain issues that we have. And even if you're not directly affected by supply, you're indirectly affected. Your price of mayonnaise is a supply chain issue. The manufacturing, a building, all these issues are supply chain issues. So every birchas hanenin, I have coffee. I have the ingredients to have a delicious meal. I was able to go to the stores and there were things on the shelves. Oh, the kavana we should have. Said the Chazanish, Yesod ve'ikar avodas Hashem in our time is kavana with birchas hanenin. Gratitude, modem, gematria, a hundred, hundred times a day, stop and say, wow, I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful. And I'm so committed to connecting to you. Rav Nason of Breslov says, how are these sockets paid for? What paid for these hundred sockets? Me'as adanim. A hundred sockets. What paid for them? The machtza shekel. That came equally from every person. Because giving a half shows we're all equal before Hashem. And everyone has to contribute to an environment, an atmosphere, a culture of seeing and thanking Hashem. The Hele Gechidusha Arim, the Geir Rebbe says, a hundred Adanim held up the Mishkan. And a hundred brachas a day hold up the Mishkan of our lives. V'shachanti b'socham. We're finishing Sefer Shmos. And these Pesukim began, Asuli Miktash v'shachanti b'socham. Build for me a sanctuary. Ah, we don't have a base of Miktash today. We do. Where is it? In every one of us. The hundred sockets held up the Mishkan. The hundred brachas a day hold up the holiness and the Mishkan of our lives. A hundred brachas a day. And that's why the Chidush Harim says, Me'as is Me'a, a hundred. Adanim are sockets. How else can you read Adanim? Adanim comes from the word Adon. A hundred times a day, stop and realize who's your master. Who's the master of this world? Who supplies everything in our supply chain? Who is ultimately the head of the supply chain? So you see, this is the antidote, Davana Melech, any pandemic, any challenge, dig deeper, lean in further, to concentrating, to having kavana a hundred times a day, a hundred times a day. The, the Zohar says, brachos are the keys. A hundred brachos a day are the hundred keys to open the doors of Hashem's brachos. Lech lecha in gematria is a hundred, and when, Moshe, when Avram Avinu was lech lecha, then va'avarechecha, he'll bless you. When you turn the key, a hundred brachas a day, you open up vavarechacha, you open up the flow, the storehouse, the shefa bracha, for bracha to flow into our, into our lives. I'm out of time, but I wanted to end with oh, such good stuff. We're out of time. The source of saying vihinoam on Motzei Shabbos. Why do we say vihinoam on Motzei Shabbos? When do you omit it? When do you say it? Why do we have the minag? Six nights a week we dive in Marav. Finish Shmon Esrei, Kaddish, Aleinu, out of there. Kaddish Yasam. Motzei Shabbos, Shmon Esrei, Kaddish, Vinoam. And then Kedusha de Sidra, the parts of Aval Tzion. Where did that come from? It comes from this Parsha. Where does it come from this Parsha? Arashi in this Parsha. What's going on with it? Do you say Vinoam on Hanukkah? Different customs. But we don't have time for it. We'll have to start another time. And the building of the Chatzar. Thank you. I can't believe how many people came on Wednesday afternoon at 1.30. Mamish, you're all amazing. A true testament to you. We're doing Living with Amuna tomorrow morning at 8.45. And again, you got to tune in tomorrow night. 
a global marathon behind the bima with live Rav David Beshevkin, Alex Flexer, Rav Daniel Kalish, Rav Arya Libowitz, Lori Palatnik, BRS staff, and other surprise guests. Marathon begins at 8 o'clock, not 9 o'clock. Who knows how deep into the night? Make a cup of coffee, a bowl of popcorn while you cook for Shabbos. Tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, you don't want to miss a marathon live behind the bima with special guests. It's going to be absolutely incredible. If you've made a global contribution, you should watch it feeling good about yourself. If you haven't, make it so that you can feel good about yourself. Till next time, stay happy, stay holy, stay healthy. Have a great day, everybody.